Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, easy for me to say, is hmm. my co-host, Mark. Hey. Mark, did, did you sleep here last night, man? Well, I did not sleep here. Figure that one out. I saw the couch over there in the the executive, uh, you know, di- dining room area there, and uh, whatever that thing's just called. the corner where lounge. I hover. The it's lounge, it's yeah. a look. I, I'm a big believer. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yeah. you, you you get you get comfortable. Why mess with that? But you know the brass. I'm just I'm worried about you, Mark. I don't want you to like lose your parking spot, and you know. They don't know. They don't listen to our show. They might dock your salary. They never listen to our they, show. They don't they, listen to our no, show. No. Why would they? They have why way they? too many other podcasts to listen no, to. No, they, they don't. Yeah. They're not good. They don't need to charge me, you know, rent or anything. I no. just, I'm, I mean, I, as far as we're they know. We're almost done. I, what do they care? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're out the door. Yeah. We, we got senioritis over here. What do we got? How many episodes left? Uh, 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 the math. Uh, um, uh, after this one, 14. Is that right? Well, and I don't well, know. Well, you're counting the f- finale of this season as two, one. Then. Yeah. Well, I'm counting it as one, it, after this one, then there's only one double one. episode. There's one left this season. Right. And then 13 in the. the oh, there the, are 13. In, the, in, in the my head, one. it was 12, but you're exactly right. It is 13. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, you, you, right. you are correct. I like it when I'm right. Yeah. yeah I, I like just pause right and just bask in the, the, the glow of the rightness. Your that rightness. Is me. Yeah. 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 The, All right. I'm isn't done. Isn't that a show? The rightness gemstones or something like that? Like, <laughs> us righteous. Never mind. I don't know. I was so close. What's happening here? It, yeah. I, I don't. I'm for purposes of this show. Yeah, I hey, agree tonight, with the thing when you you're sleeping said. on the couch. Mm-hmm. Put on the, the HBO there and check out the righteous gemstones. Oh, you know what? That's one of the benefits of me crashing here. Yeah. I mean, being comfortable here yes. is they they get HBO Max. They do get HBO Max. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like like you don't have to pay for it at home. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, hey, speaking of shows that we should talk about, Mark, right. let's talk about this one. All right. This is season six, episode 20, one in 8,000. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many different titles of episodes have numbers in them. Um, You know what? I only think that ones that have numbers are the ones that typically are the, the sequels. Oh, because they say part two or something like that? Yeah. Unless you count like, okay, Valentine's Day, they were dumb enough not to say Valentine's Day too. So then they have to say Valentine's Day 2014, yeah. which, okay, that's yeah. numbers, but it's kind yeah. of cheating. It's a little different though. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So we, we have actual numbers in the title. I'm going to look that up. I'm just curious about that, but I think it's you a may good question. Be right. Yeah. This episode first aired on April 17th of 2014, just a week later than last week's episode. And uh, we've got directing today. We've got the golden megaphone going to Dean Holland, the one and only. Mm, this is we know his, him. Yeah, we sure do. This is uh, He is our most prolific director. This is like his 3097th of... It's uh, close. 24. It's a lot. Out of 27. It's a lot. He did 27 episodes. Holy which cow. Out of 124, I mean... That's that's a lot. He only left ninety seven for other people. I know. So big glory hog. Yeah, glory hog. And uh, you know, uh, Dean obviously has been an editor, director, producer. You know, he's he wore a lot of different the, hats. A lot of hats. Yeah. Associated with the great shows like this one, The Office, and The Good Place, and several many more. So, uh, Donnick Carey is one half of our Golden Pen recipient this week. It's another double. Oh. We've got Donnick Carey and Joe Mandy sharing the Golden Pen. Mm. Or, you know what, Mark? Let's give them each one. We're we're near the end of the series. We've got extra pens. Let's just give them both one. Like we can't afford pixelization, but we can afford <laughs> we can. two golden pens. Hey, look, all right. It's all about the, the, Whatever. the show, not us. <laughs> they don't <laughs> the care about us. True statement never well said. I agree. What do we care? This is Donick's second of three that he uh, got some golden penage for and Joe's uh, fifth of six. Yep. 
And uh, if, if you don't remember Donick, Donick was uh, started as a, la- a writer on the Late Night with David Letterman show, and uh, he's been associated with NBC shows, HBO shows, and all over the place. So, and I know that while this isn't Joe Mandy's main, you know, claim to fame. He's a Lurpus. Pe- people that would watch the show would know him as the technology-loving Morris Lurpus, correct? Morris Lurpus, yeah. 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 Which, I, I want to go to a, a Lurpus dinner party. Do you really? I think I do. Oh, Lurpus. I want to go to Lurpus Giving. Lurpus Thanksgiving. Like where, Thanksgiving's coming up. That like would where be the appetizer is the appetizer just nitrous? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't judge. <laughs> I'm not saying that that wouldn't be fantastic. I, I would clarify. To see it. Yeah, it would be interesting. All right. It'd be like going to Jerry's uh, family Christmas party. Yeah. Eggs, bacon, and toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. Well, hey, Mark, uh, I think it's time for our synopsis. What you got over there? It sure is. All right. I broke this sucker down into three stories. Woohoo! Yeah. I have a note from the judges here this week that you says do. they would have accepted four because this is one of those where they they kind of took one of the stories and made it two stories, but then it waffled back and forth. So, but we'll talk more about that. Later. Oh, I see. Yeah, we'll I see. Talk about that yeah, later. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, well, my A story uh, that I made the A story anyway that I have is entitled "Hitting Triple Cherries." Love it. With the Unity concert only three weeks away, the Parks Department is throwing a charity auction to raise money for the event. While Leslie and Ben are organizing the auction, they are distracted by Leslie's pregnancy, which no one knows about yet. Upon meeting with Dr. Saperstein, they are blown away to find out they are having triplets and are told by Saperstein to avoid stress over the coming months. This is challenging for Ben, who crunches the numbers and cannot fathom how he and Leslie are going to be able to raise three children. Leslie and Ben arrive at the auction, and Leslie manages to run it very calmly and smoothly, which is good for her, but bad for the auction because items are selling for much less than they should. Ben does his best to make sure that Leslie is calm and avoids stress, but Ben himself keeps getting more and more stressed. What will happen? Will the Parks Department raise enough money for the Unity Concert? Can Ben find a way to deal with his stress? How does the gang react to Leslie becoming pregnant with triplets? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Uh, I had the same A story, and uh, my, uh, my, my AKA this week for that. No, this is, the, what the, this is not an AKA. Oh, goodness, no, Alan. No. My gosh, this, this is, is a, not an AKA. It's a story title. It's, it's a title that we playfully come up with for our synopsis. There it is. Let's get it right. It's my synopsis title. There you go. There it is. What you got? Yeah. So mine is uh, going, going, going to need a better auctioneer and a bigger crib. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Because it really was two stories in one. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. What would you get for your B story, Mark? Uh, B story. I ran out of gas, and I and I just said uh, Donna. Used all your funny on the first one. I certainly did. And I said Donna's Tammy. I, I, that's not too far from what I did. Really, you suck. I, <laughs> mine's better. <laughs> it probably is. Okay. Ron recruits Donna to help make costumes for the Unity Concerts Youth uh, Review segment at his stepdaughter's elementary school. Donna agrees as long as Ron keeps her away from ex-boyfriend Joe, who works at the school, and whom Donna considers a nightmare, basically her version of Tammy. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. 
When they get to the school, Joe comes over to greet them, and Ron does his duty and steps in between them. However, as the day goes on, Ron starts to realize that perhaps Joe is actually a kind, genuine person. What? How will this turn out? Does Ron ever admit to Donna that he likes Joe? Will Donna ever come to terms with what she and Joe could have? What does the future hold for Donna and Joe? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Yep. I, I had the same B story in my title. It was similar to yours. It was, it was similarly themed. Mine is, one man's Tammy is another woman's Joe. Oh, see, you took mine and made it flowery. That, there you it's go. much better. I like That's it. That's what I do. I like it. How about your C story? How about that C story? All right, incoming. My C story is entitled, all right, I got a little, I got a second wind here. Yeah. So oh, my, my, my C story, the title is, Andy Dwyer in the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> That's not bad. I actually like that one. <laughs> All right. Andy is still holding on to Leslie's pregnancy secret and does his best to avoid discussing the matter with anybody, especially April. To make matters worse for Andy, he has a hectic schedule over the coming days with a number of Johnny Karate shows to perform. To stop April from asking, Andy, Andy falsely tells her that his secret is... Jerry has a deadly disease. April falls for it and in turn starts feeling sorry for Jerry and she starts to be nice to Jerry and she starts talking to Jerry and she because thinking that maybe she should make amends, you know, if he's dying and stuff. What will happen? Can April continue to be nice to Jerry? Does April ever find out Jerry dying is a huge lie? Will Andy be able to keep the secret or will April make him crack? Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Very nice job, Mark. My my C story title is uh, "I could tell you, but then I'd have to karate you." <laughs> well, which is just a uh, uh, first aid. There it is. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Heimlich. Oh Hi. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it was very creative. Well, hey, uh, how about your AKA? Speaking of AKA, how about that AKA? Because you only did one. I only did. Like, I. I go according to what they ask us to do, so I just did one. Well, good for you. <laughs> How many did you do? Five. But I'm going to pick one. That's so nice of you. Yeah. You know, the others are just backups, right? They're backups. All Mark. right. I come pre- I'm a Girl Scout. I come prepared. I don't know at all how to respond to that. <laughs> all right. Did you say Girl Scout? I did. Look, here's the thing, Mark. Boy Scouts are stupid. Not secure in my masculinity enough to know how to talk about this. In this day, Uh I would have joined the Girl Scouts instead of the Boy Scouts. I think they have a much better time. Cookies, Mark. Cookies. Do I need to say more? I do make a good point about the cookies. That's all I'm worrying it for. If only more groups had cookies. Yeah. Huh. I'm sorry, I'm getting way too deep we in my own We need a bake head. sale, Mark. Yeah. That's what we need here. Oh, my gosh. The can, LFP Worldwide had a bake sale. Can you imagine a, a cookie shape like a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> Would, how, tell me that wouldn't be a, a top seller. I am making Swanson mustache cookies for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's just, hold on, I'm writing it down. Oh, Done. It's happening. Constantine, make sure he doesn't forget. Make a note of that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my AKA... Um, I chose this made me laugh so hard, but it was hard for me to encapsulate in an AKA. So this is from Ben. Okay. And this is when Ben learns from <laughs> Dr. Saperstein that he has triplets. And yeah. so my AKA is something like this. Um, how do we, how, 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 what, how, what, what do we do? 
We're, are we playing that clip today? I hope so. I, I hope think so we do. Too. It's such good Adam Scott work. Yeah. But yeah. No, that, that's a great AKA. It would be hard to fit on a t-shirt. Yes. But, but I, I think we should try. <laughs> like maybe make the font like size two. There it we is. We could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Mark. There's so many good one-liners in this episode. It was hard to come up with it with a single AKA. Um, I, I, you know what? I'll go with April this week. Haven't used her in a while. Okay. That's the whole point of marriage. You get twice the secrets. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, hey, yeah, that's I pretty like smart. That. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, I've never that heard that good. particular selling point, but I like it. Yeah. Tax breaks and you get Double twice secrets. the secrets. There yep. you have it. Well, hey, Mark, why don't we get into our episode breakdown and get this thing on the road? Yeah. Why don't we do that? All right. So we, we start open, the cold open, very good place to start. We open at City Hall uh, in the park's conference room where Leslie and Ben are leading uh, a meeting with the gang. In this case, it's April, Craig, and Madison Yeah. Um, about a charity auction to raise money for the Unity concert. Hey, Constantine. Hey, buddy. Start us off uh, with our first clip. Thank you. So, what do we got so far? We need big ticket items. I got the Red Hot Chili Peppers to send us a signed guitar. Wow. That's great, April. How'd you do that? It's a long story, but the short version is I'm currently catfishing Anthony Kiedis. Nice. <laughs> we are throwing a charity auction to raise money for the Unity concert, and we're going to need it, too. If I'm going to perform Islands in the Stream with the Sacagawea hologram. Plus, we need lights, generators, microphones, water, that boring stuff, too. Hey, maybe we should put a pin in this because we have to do that thing. Oh, yep. Mm. Oh, yep. Okay. Uh, Just, all right. Uh, yep. Yeah. Everybody keep working. We'll be back. Andy, hey, you haven't told anyone about the baby, right? No, but my brain is about to explode from stress. I am not good at keeping secrets. That's exactly what I told Kyle when he told me his wife was cheating on him. Andy, come on. Oh. Uh, see? Oh. Not cool, man. Not him. Not that Kyle. Okay, we're going Kyle. to have a doctor's appointment, and then after that, we can probably tell people. So just hang in there, please. I can do this. People do this. People keep secrets. My neighbor Eric, he, he's kept a secret for 20 years. He's in witness protection. No! Oh. <laughs> that looked like it hurt. That was a great pratfall. I I wrote that down. Yep. Nice job. Yeah. I, I mean, it really is. Like, I, I hope they at least put a little cushion down there for him. Yeah. That looked painful. Yeah. I mean, well done. Well done. Yeah. Uh, not not the keeping the secret part, but the, the pratfall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, we open the main episode in Ron's office where he finds himself needing a <sighs> favor from a co-worker whose dark past apparently includes a Tammy of their own. We cut to Donna entering Ron's office, at which point Ron asks Donna for a favor, <sighs> specifically to join him at his daughter's public elementary school to help make costumes for the unity concert donna agrees under one condition her ex-boyfriend joe teaches music at the elementary school and according to donna as you mentioned alan he is a nightmare her indeed her version of tammy she asks ron to keep him away from her sympathizing with her situation ron agrees well, sure. I mean, because Tammy is so bad that she once seduced a coroner to have him declared legally dead just so she could get an airline ticket discount. Right. So so Donna's thrown down the gauntlet with this comparison. I, I feel like it's a big, bold move. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Mark, meanwhile, Leslie and Ben take a moment away from prying eyes of their colleagues to check in with their baby doctor. Yes, Pawnee's favorite doctor. And no, I don't mean Dr. Harris, although if you stick around, he's here later. <laughs> Hey. Hey. All right, let's start this one. Um, we, we now cut to the lobby 
of Dr. Saperstein's office where we see uh, Leslie and Ben discussing auction items uh, while they wait for their turn. Yeah. Uh, Leslie obsesses over the details and Ben reminds her, hey, 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 take it easy now. You're you're stressing for two. So just, you know, let's let's be calm. But Leslie didn't want to slow down and says, you know what? I feel fine. Let's ask Dr. Saperstein if he thinks I should slow down. You know what he yeah, thinks. And, and just then Dr. Saperstein puts his big old Saperstein head in the lobby and calls their name and they go back with him. Actually, he, not only does he call them, he, he says, let's saddle you up and put some jelly on the belly. Uh, that's a little weird. <laughs> that's, that's a little weird. Yeah. Maybe a little personal. Maybe, yeah. Well, back in the Parks Department, we learn that Johnny Karate has become quite the popular entertainment act and that Andy clearly needs a better system of hiding stuff from April. I mean, staying organized. Oh my gosh. It's not going to work. They should have used Scribe. So yeah, we now cut to City Hall where we see Andy in the bullpen perusing Leslie's... uh, Remember how we saw Leslie's big board in the last episode? Uh It kind of like lists everything that's going to be involved with the Unity Not her big boy, her big board. Yes, the big board. Yes. Um, it's still there. It's still there. So yeah. he's perusing that. Yeah. And while he's perusing it, Craig comes around the corner <laughs> and, and, and Andy doesn't see him. And he comes up right next to Andy and he says, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> it scares the crap out of Andy. Anyway, he peed. He had to. I, I did too. Yeah. I was yeah. laughing so hard. Anyway, so Craig says he needs Andy to come to the auction tomorrow so that he can auction off a personalized uh, Johnny Karate song. And Andy agrees and Craig goes away, thank God. But April reminds him, Andy, you can't because you already have three Johnny Karate shows tomorrow. And as April and Andy go over his current filing system, which is writing stuff on his arms, that's his filing system. Um, April notices Andy has written, don't tell secret on on one of his arms. April starts to mercilessly push Andy to tell her what it is because you're married. You're supposed to get twice the secrets, right? That's right. But between stutters and flop sweat, Andy manages <laughs> to avoid April's question and pulls a shirt up over his head to hide. <laughs> April mugs to the camera, clearly annoyed. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. I'm not acting weird. You're acting weird. Right. Also, did you notice when he pulled up his shirt to go over his head? Yeah. If you look down at his, his little Andy belly there, yeah. he has stuff written on his torso, too. Did he really? Yes, he did. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> How funny is that? Oh, my gosh. Th- does he still have the, uh, the the Skylord abs there? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Star-Lords. I mean, you I know. call him Skylord? Yeah, yeah, he has Skylords. I, I, new Marvel character coined it. Yeah. Actually, he'd be a DC character, you know, because, you know, they got to kind of steal from them, right? <laughs> you know what i don't want to get in the middle of this this uh, punching battle between the two of them and there is one but yeah there? he had skylar abs he, abs all right yeah all right well that's good to know yeah well mark over at the elementary school ron is applying his skills and don is preparing for some blackmail you know in case she should need it in future and we finally get a chance to meet donna's terrible counterpart and he's even worse than tammy too yeah well well, well, let's let's see. Dot dot dot. Um, we now cut to Nick Newport Elementary School. Love it. I I love that too. That's so good. Um, and Ron and Donna at this point have arrived and they've started working. And uh, across the room, Donna sees her ex boyfriend Joe, and and she points him out to Ron. And Joe happens to glance up and sees the two of them. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. So he starts, he, he starts coming over, and he, and he gives them a big cheerful smile and walks over to them, greeting them warmly. 
doing his job, Ron stands between them, responding rather <laughs> tersely to Joe's greeting. Yeah. If this bothers Joe, he certainly doesn't show it as he continues to smile and cheerfully tells them to let him know if, if they need anything, says goodbye, and walks away. I'm on to you, friend. What? Uh, okay. <laughs> Ron is fully prepared to take Don at her word. Oh, yeah. Which makes it even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at Dr. Saperstein's office, Ben and Leslie learn about what's going down in Babytown. And let's just say that it's even bigger news. No, Mark, you know what? That doesn't do it justice. It's 300% more news than they were expecting. You know what? I'm convinced that Babytown is the sister city to Funky Town. <laughs> I but I can't prove it. You can't prove it. Anyway, we now cut back to Dr. Saperstein's exam room where we see Leslie laying down with Ben next to her and Dr. Saperstein preparing to do an ultrasound so that they can actually see the baby. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, please. Thank you. Now, Ben wants me to slow down, but I have this huge project coming up and slowing down isn't really my jam. Your body is going through some changes, but you're a healthy gal, right, Leslie? There is no reason for you not to be yourself. <laughs> I win. It wasn't a competition. All right, let's see what's going down in baby town. Hmm. <laughs> there's your healthy baby. Oh, wow. Oh, and there's another one. The baby has two bodies? Twins. <laughs> ben, we're having twins. <laughs> no, you're not. Because look who's hiding over here. Triplets? Triplets? And here's a fourth. I'm so sorry. No, it's a little fleck of cream cheese on the screen. <laughs> Just triplets. Just wow. triplets. You guys really dodged a bullet. Can you imagine raising four children at one time? <laughs> oh, a nightmare. Triplets. Triplets. I can't believe it. We knocked it out of the park on the first try. If we do this right, we can be parents to one third of the Supreme Court. This is. Insane. This is amazing. I always knew we were one in a million, and now we got the proof. Well, actually, one in 8,000. Mm -hmm. Triplets occur a lot more frequently than you imagine, especially at your age. Your body is prone to releasing multiple eggs. It's what we doctors like to call, and I don't mean to be insensitive, a going on a business sale. <laughs> so, doctor, um, what do we, like, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Um, how, do how, how do we, how, 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 what do we do? First thing you do is you forget everything that I said before, because you and young lady need a lot of rest, and especially avoiding stress. Leslie, I need you to be Buddha on Quaaludes, and Ben, you are Matthew McConaughey in a hammock on the beach. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. This is insane, three kids? I just multiplied all our future expenses by three, and you know what happened? The numbers got a lot higher. <laughs> I think I heard the computer laugh at me. And Saperstein wants us to relax. Are you ready to go, my gentle dove? Oh, I will be there in two flaps of a butterfly's wing. And I love you. We are so <laughs> screwed. <laughs> Did you see his old pie chart there? Or oh, his, yeah. Uh, his line chart? It went straight up like a hockey stick. Yep, it sure oh, did. Oh, boy. I love uh, Ben's inadvertent uh, impression of Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Instead uh, of, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> he's on Quaaludes. He's a Matthew McConaughey on Quaaludes. Well, or maybe speed. Backwards. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Oh, true. Quaaludes, uh, they calm you down, don't they? Yeah, I don't know drugs. So. <laughs> well, let me... 
Well, let's just move on. You read about it. Yeah. <laughs> I read yeah. the hell about it. Yeah. It was in Constantine's uh, autobiography. Yeah. Called Onion Rings of Death. <laughs> I would read it. Yeah. Not I lying. would too. Well, back at the grade school, Ron is staying alert and looking for the dirt on Joe, who may be an even bigger monster than Donna described. Well, we will see. We now cut back to Nick Newport Elementary School, where we see Ron look over and notice that Joe is standing with a man and woman with the woman crying. Uh-oh. See? And, and given what he was told about Joe, he wonders what Joe may have done to make that poor lady cry. But... As he walks a little closer to get a better idea as to what's going on, he hears the woman thanking Joe profusely for finding their son's lost dog. And Joe tells her, don't even mention it. Like He hates it when his students are sad. It barely took him six hours. (laughs) The couple end up warmly hugging Joe, so appreciative of what he did for their son. I I don't think Ron knows what to make of this. No, I I think he's, he's considering Donna's words, but he's not seeing it yet. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's uh, evil Joe's going to creep out any second. Because I agree with you. I think he was totally prepared to like oh. see the worst. Like he was looking he really out was. for it. And yeah. he's not seeing it yet. Not yet. Well, it's the weekend and that means it's Johnny Karate time. And first up, we have a birthday party associated with one of the most fertile men on city council. And I'm not talking about Councilman Milton. No, you're not. Uh, we now He was a close second, though. I don't even want to know how you know that. <laughs> we now cut to one of Andy's many Johnny Karate shows. This one celebrating the many, many, many <laughs> kids that women have had with Sexy Dexy Councilman oh, Bill Dexart. We hear April strategizing with Andy about what they need to do when they're en route to their next show after this one. And she's talking with him about it. And then she pounces. Tell me your secret. Tell me your secret. Uh, In an attempt to sidetrack April, uh, Andy decides to tell her something, just not the real thing. And so he claims that Jerry, who is there, by the way, like helping them tear down equipment and go from place to place, is dying from some kind of disease, (laughs) some sort of Jerry disease. Uh, This seems to mollify April for now. And she actually feels kind of like bad for Jerry. He's like struggling to carry the amp around and, uh, you know, it makes sense to her that that's why Andy's being so nice to him to let him carry his amp. Is letting him carry all yeah. his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very nice of him. Wow. Well, over at the rec center, it's time for the auction to begin. And Leslie is apparently competing to be the world's calmest auctioneer. While Ben helps us revisit the as seen on TV's magical sham wow. That's right. We now cut to the North Pawnee Recreation Center where we see a sign hung for the Pawnee Eagleton Unity Concert fundraising auction. Inside, we see Leslie up on stage at the podium leading the auction with Ben standing to one side and Craig and Madison on the other. Now, on the plus side, Alan, Leslie does seem to be taking it easy as she auctions off a couple of VIP passes for the Unity Concert. She has a very soft calm chill voice Derry Murbles could have sounding done this. a little like Derry uh-huh. Murbles from Thoughts for Your Thoughts on the minus side her lack of zeal and showmanship seems to be resulting in items going for less than they would normally i think the vip passes even sold for less than face value craig fact. is losing it craig tells leslie she needs to kick it up a notch but ben assures her she's doing great i would have liked to have seen craig as the auctioneer I don't 
think he would have needed a microphone. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Although I don't know that he would have done a bad job. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, as the auction crowd is lulled to sleep by Leslie, we jump back over to the elementary school where Ron sees what Joe is all about and uh, actually picks up a parenting pro tip. We now cut back to Nick Newport Elementary School, where we see Ron trying to do some woodworking, I think. But Zoe and Ivy are uh, dancing around him and wanting him to pay attention to them instead. Uh, Constantine, play the clip, please. Okay. Girls, Ron's got sharp tools now. Ladies, eyes are watching, ears are listening, lips are closed, hands are still. Feet are very quiet, you should really try it. Listen well, listen well. (laughs) That was well played. Children their age respond positively to melody and rhyme. They are great girls. You must feel very lucky to be their stepdad. I do, indeed. (laughs) If you'll excuse me, Joe, I have to finish hogging out the cheeks on these lap joints. Oh, maybe maybe you could use this this jig I made. It's just a hardwood clamping block connected to a small piece of hackberry. You could use it to locate your cuts for the inside shoulder without without having having to reset reset the the fence. fence. Exactly. (laughs) Muffin? <laughs> the Ron face is just so delicious. There. Oh, it is. It, it, and that's the second time in that. And so the first time, you know, Joe's saying children respond positively to yeah, melody and rhyme. Sure. And you must feel very lucky to be their stepdad, which is a very nice thing to say. It and is. and yes. you see Ron kind of smiling. I yeah. do indeed. And Joe looks away and then like Ron kind of realizes, oh, I'm, I'm, himself, I'm yeah. smiling. I'm uh, put on a frowny face. I'm supposed to not like you. And then at the end, he's like, look, this dude not only knows how to handle kids, but he, he uh, Joe is the muffin man and the jig man. <laughs> yeah, the, the jig, jig is man. up. The jig is up. And yeah. it's on his thing. And so he like, <laughs> I like Joe. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, and he even knows what Hackberry is. I can't even spell Hackberry. So it's a rare wood mark. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> it is, it is yes. I figured it was uh, it was uh, some sort of cyber attack that's what uh, it is. made on a BlackBerry. That's exactly what it was. Blueberry, oh. but yes, close, very close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> well, from there, we rejoin Johnny Karate and his road show at his second appearance of the day. And April does the unthinkable thanks to the little white lie from Andy. Yeah. We now cut to another one of Andy's many Johnny Karate shows, and April clearly feeling bad for Jerry, who she now thinks is dying, mm. brings him a cup of punch. Jerry smiles and thanks her, and then chuckles as he remembers a time April put some sleeping pills in his soda, and <laughs> April apologizes and says, well, what, what can I do to make it up to you? Says, oh, geez. Well, very appreciative, and I think maybe a little surprised at April acting yeah. like this. Jerry tells her, "Well, you know what? There's actually oh, there's an itch on my back. I can't get to. And could you could you get like right up under the shirt there and scratch it?" And April is mildly horrified, but she does it. <laughs> she and, does and, it. And Andy witnesses all this, and I think is is panicking a little bit, like watching where this oh, is yeah. going. She's and, he's he knows she's going to kill him at and, some and, point. And, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so he calls Ben and says, "Can I please? Can I just? Can I go ahead and tell just just April? Can I tell please just April?" And Ben says, "Look, it's complicated. No, don't tell anyone yet." <laughs> don't say anything to anyone forever. Poor Andy. He, Andy's really trying. He is. Sweet, stupid Andy. Sweet, stupid Andy. Well, back at the rec center, the auction is not going quite as well as it could, and there is an apparent clearinghouse on the naming rights for parts of the Unity concert. 
We now cut back to the Unity Concert fundraising auction, where Leslie is auctioning off yet another item. Constantine, do the honors, buddy. Play the clip. Our next item up for bid is the naming rights for our children's tent. So let's start the bidding at $1,000, please. I'll bid 100 bucks. 1000 Anyone <laughs> want to? Oh, thank you, madam. A very wealthy and elegant-looking woman with a diamond-encrusted eye patch. Just raise your hand. Don't look at her. She doesn't like attention, but she's there. She's real. So, do I hear 2000 Okay, here we go. The Sheik has thrown his hat into the ring. Well, there's no Sheik. It looks like we've got a real bidding war. Between there's no bidding war. No one's talking. Because there's no Sheik and there's no old lady with a diamond. What is a diamond eye patch? 3000 says the gentleman there's with no the crazy it's hat and the bucks. monkey on his it's shoulder. My bid. That is That's outrageous. That's the only bid out there right now. Naming rights for the kids' tent goes to Jam Orthodontics for 100 smackers. Now that is the steal of the day. I think it's going great. You want a head massage? Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, Leslie's trying. She is trying, and uh, jam was being jammed. Yeah. Yeah. Steal of the day. She got auction jammed. She she did get auction jammed. Yeah. Very nice. Nice, nice comeback, Mark. Thank you. Well, Mark, back at the Johnny Karate gig, April learns the truth about her unnecessary and horrific deed, and Andy starts to come apart at the seams just a little bit. We now cut back to uh, one of his Johnny Karate shows where we see April walk up to Jerry saying Andy's told her what's going on and asks if he wants to talk about it. And Jerry is surprised but appreciative and starts telling April about his latest um, Jerryism. Yes. Uh, this time he swallowed his wedding ring. April looks confused and point blank asks Jerry if he's dying. And Jerry says no. And April turns around and gives Andy an intense glare. <laughs> and Andy looks panicked. He looks a little panicked, yeah. The jig is up. Yeah. The, the other jig. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of jigs up today. Right. Yeah. Well, back at the rec center, the auction continues and turns from dulcet tones to actual violence as Ben's musical tastes are explored in deeper, much more painful detail. Yeah, we now cut back to the Unity Concert fundraising auction once again, where Leslie is attempting to auction off, this time, a guitar signed by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This is the one uh, April catfished. That's right, yes. that's right. Ben steps in, suggests she takes a whale sound break, uh, which sounds wonderful, yeah, it does. And, and while he finishes up. So he grabs the guitar, and, and, and Ben has a hard time getting anyone to, to bid at all, claiming, look, this is easily worth $500. Come on, come on, someone, please, anyway. please. Finally, nitrous-loving Herman Lurpus bids $50, walks up on stage, takes the guitar, and begins wiping the signatures off the guitar. Apparently, Herman is not a huge uh, fan. No, he's and, more of a Jack Johnson guy. That's right. And, and then this incenses Ben, who says, tells Herman, just give it back. And then the two have a good old tug-of-war with the guitar, and then Ben loses his grip, and he goes flying across the stage into the table. When Ben extends his hand to Leslie to assure her he's fine, he sees blood on it. And uh, Craig sees this and freaks out. Yeah. Call a doctor. No, call a coroner. I mean, it looks like he's hurt, but not like morally so. No, no. But I don't think Craig, uh, I think he has an aversion to blood. <laughs> I think he also uh, doesn't uh, have a good grasp of scale. No, <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> coroner may be a little overwrought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, when you have an injury, you naturally seek medical attention. And in Pawnee, that means you head over to Thuffcap. 
the hospital formerly, formerly known, known as, as Amper Amper Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. That's new. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you. Oh, I love thank that. You, thank you. So, yeah, this is a, a really short scene. It's a bit later. We we cut over to Leslie Bennett, Fifth Cap, um, where we see our favorite medical curmudgeon, Dr. Harris, ah. treating Ben's hand. Finish, Dr. Harris walks away, and we can see Ben's hand is now bandaged up, and he's going to be fine. Um, ben asks Leslie if she wants to, you know, meditate or anything. And she says, no, 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 we have a concert to save. Let's go. Even Leslie gets tripped up here and, and she's a nurse says something to her and, and she refers to her as Anne. Like she thinks it's Anne for just a brief moment. Yeah, she yeah. she agrees with Ben. He's fine and they're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. I think in her peripheral vision, yeah, she sees a nurse right, walking yeah. in the hallway and she says, hey, Ben can go, right, Anne? Like I, and then she says, God, how long am I going to do that? Probably forever. Forever. Yeah. Well, back at the elementary school, Ron comes clean with Donna about Joe and at the same time delivers some sage advice from a man who's, you know, been there, done that. Yeah, we now cut back to Nick Newport Elementary School where we see Ron walk up to Donna and tell her he likes Joe. He's a nice man. He's good with kids. He seems to be smart and patient. And Donna actually tells Ron that's why he is her Tammy, mm. she considers herself to be a, a social butterfly. And apparently when they're together, all they do is have sex, sit on the couch, eat homemade pasta. He's constantly being respectful, wanting to spend time with her, trying to connect with her. And Donna considers this a nightmare because it threatens to make her boring. Ron takes all this in and then tells her, live your life how you want it, but don't confuse drama with happiness mm. and walks off. I think uh, in this particular case that's really good advice for donna agreed yep well from there we bounce back to the latest uh you know johnny karate birthday party wrapping up and andy has to scramble to get a bit more creative in order to keep his promise to leslie and ben that's right we now cut to one of andy's johnny karate shows where we see april walk up to andy ready to confront him uh oh constantine play the clip so i've been talking to larry and he's definitely not dying Technically, we're all dying, unless you choose the right grail. It's the dusty one. Andy, I was nice to Larry. I scratched his back. I had a conversation with him. It was horrible. How can you do that to me? Fine. I'll tell you the secret. Ben's dog is dying. Why? Ben is dying. He has the same disease Larry has. Leslie is dying. No. They're both dying. No. I'm dying. Chris and Anne are moving. They already moved. They're moving again to China town in france no okay fine do you really want to know yes leslie is a spy no tom has something wrong with his butt oh my god what did you hear that they need an encore honey they want the kids want an encore i'm sorry what song should we do you want to do toots <laughs> toots put, uh, pairs well with butts <laughs> he is really trying he he is actually i'm kind of impressed to be honest with you i did not think he'd make it this long i didn't either and April's not really uh, letting him off the hook either. No, not yeah. at all. Well, we quickly bounce back to the elementary school where Donna, having considered Ron's advice, decides to give Joe another chance. Yeah, we now cut back to Nick Newport Elementary School, and we see Joe telling a random woman that he noticed that her car had a slightly flat tire, so he patched it and inflated it for her. Of course he did. This is like Traeger level nice and perfect. At least. Yeah. I think he'd impress, he'd outdo Traeger. He out-Traegered Traeger. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, th well, then we see Donna walk up to Joe 
and she just starts right in. Like she gives him a list of things that she likes to do. She likes going to museums and opera and nightclubs and fly fishing and attending soccer games. And sometimes she just disappears for a day or two. And she says all that to say she promises not to cheat on him if he promises not to try and pin her down too fast. He smiles at Donna and says, you know what? I have no problem with that. And Donna says, you can take me to dinner on Friday. All right. There you go. I like it. Yeah. And then there's some exchange over a little red nighty, and uh, Joe goes to make some more muffins. Well, I don't know if it's a nighty. It's a red thing. Leave it to your imagination. I'll wear that red thing when you deserve to see me in that red thing. And she walks away, and he, like, looks around, make some muffins. That's right. (laughs) Like, like I need to keep busy. You stay motivated. Uh Uh-huh. Well, back at City Hall and in Ben's office, Leslie and Ben finally address his concerns, and Leslie steps up to help him come to terms with what lies ahead for both of them. Yeah, we now cut to City Hall, where we see Leslie with Ben in his office, talking about ways to raise money for the concert. Constantine, play the clip, buddy. Okay, there's still plenty of ways to raise money for the concert, right? Maybe we'll win the lottery. I mean, hey, you're looking at a woman who just hit triple cherries in her uterus. (laughs) We're screwed. No, we're not. We have three weeks into the concert. It'll be fine. No, not the concert. The triple cherries. I mean, of course, it's the most amazing and wonderful thing to ever happen, but (laughs) I am an accountant, and I am looking at cold, hard facts. Raising three kids is going to cost $2 million. Babe, our kids will be geniuses. They'll get scholarships. Half of my tuition was paid for by the Indiana Scholarship for Pretty Blondes Who Like to Read. It's now called the Virginia Woolf Prize. Different time. Leslie, I have been trying so hard not to stress you out, but we just spent our entire savings account on a trip to Paris. <laughs> what were we thinking? We spent too much money on macaroons. Hey, honey. Okay, wait, what's the number for the Louvre? I mean, maybe I can get a refund. We barely looked at the Mona Lisa. Honey, can you just breathe for a second? Leslie, these numbers are going to determine everything for the rest of our lives. Breathe. I mean, maybe we should move because we could make more money, or maybe we should stay here because it's cheaper to live here than in Chicago. Oh my God, I'm sham-wowing all of your stress and there's no one here to ring me out. Benjamin Wyatt, the man what... of my dreams, the one that I love. Shh. Leslie, we are in trouble here. We are in real trouble. <laughs> what? You just look so crazy right now, but cute. You're always stressed out. How are you calm right now? Because I realized something. Everything that we have been through, the Harvest Festival, the election, the recall, the merger, and leaving, Larry changing his name for some stupid reason, all of it has just been preparation for this. I am immune to stress because I have you. Come on, I have an idea. A little bit of a role reversal. Yeah, I, I I would say so. Yeah. You know, at one point, She's trying to calm him down, and in the process, this is a visual thing. She yes. takes the little head scalp massager, massager yeah. and she starts using it on him, yeah. but he's still a little manic. So right in the middle of her using it on him, he he <laughs> whirls on her and starts yeah. talking. So now he's wearing it like a little Eiffel Tower hat, and I that's, I think, it. what cracked her up. It is. Or, or one of the Teletubbies. Depends yeah. on what your flavor is. I don't know which Teletubby that is, by the way. Oh, is his name Eiffel? It should be. If he it's not, be. Yeah, I like it. really it. should yes. be. Well, in the first part of our kicker, we begin to wrap up our storylines today, and we start with Donna now helping Ron and returning the favor for the clarity he gifted to her. Yeah, we now cut back to Nick Newport Elementary School, where we see Ron sanding a piece of wood. Zoe and Ivy run up to him with a crown, put it on his head, dub him King Sparkle of Cupcake Forest. Ron grins, thanks them, Mm -hmm. and they run away giggling. 
Donna then walks up to Ron and tells him about having dinner with Joe next week. She then comments on how it's nice to see someone actually change for the better. And Ron assumes that she's talking about Joe. Sure. But she points out she's actually talking about Ron. Specifically, his family has made him a more patient and empathetic person. You take that back. Ron feebly (laughs) tries to protest. And Donna says, did you think two years ago you'd be playing matchmaker for me and wearing glittery crown? You're a freaking dad. You care a little bit about your friends at this point. You're king sparkle of cupcake forest. And you know what? It suits you. Yeah. And Donna then walks off. And Ron continues sanding the wood, but now with a big, goofy, ridiculous Swanson smile on his face. I don't know if my cookie will be able to impart the smile under the mustache, but I'm going to get the mustache right. You know what? Baby steps. First, perfect your mustache <laughs> cookie. It's, it's, then you can go, you know, like, make the Swanson smile yeah, underneath it. Yeah, Assuming yeah. you can bring the mustache to life. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something, Mark. Or what you do is you just make the mustache cookie. Then you make like a, a Mr. Potato face, oh. and then you just put the mustache cookie the on top of face. it. So then you can charge the consumer for both brilliant yeah yeah we need to raise money yeah well clearly much better than leslie yeah that's right (laughs) back in the parks department andy has held on as long as he possibly could but thankfully leslie and ben might just let him off the hook in the nick of time yep we now cut to city hall where we see april walk by the parks conference room glance over and see Andy pressed up against the wall wearing camo. Like she, he's trying to blend in. You know how the the, the background of the yeah. wall is kind of like a, Ducks, a, a and forest and, yeah, and yeah. like wildlife. Yep. And so Andy figures in his Andy head, I'll wear camo and stand up against the wall and then no one will see me. We painted his face like he, look like one oh, of the yeah. mallards. Yeah. He, he didn't do a bad job. No. But she can see him. She can see him. <laughs> so April walks up to Andy, tells him the camo is not working. But you know what? He didn't have to hide from her. And if he really can't tell her, it's fine because she trusts him. And Andy tells April, oh, it's a, oh, this is a huge secret and I'm trying really, really hard to keep my word. But you know what? You're more important to me than anything. And I'm going to tell you. So April leans forward expectantly, like, oh, she is so ready for this, right? And we see in here at that point, Leslie and Ben walk into the bullpen with Leslie asking everyone to gather around. And at this, Andy says, okay, they're here. Don't try to get out of me anymore. And then (laughs) runs by April into the bullpen. Uh, Actually, you know what? Let's play the rest of this clip. Yeah. Constantine, play us out, buddy. Everybody, if you could gather around. They're here. Don't try to get it out of me. The reason I have been acting so weird is not because I've been waiting for the results of the soil samples to come back. Well, geez, I've been up all night trying to make sure. It doesn't matter, Larry. It was a pointless ruse designed to waste time. The truth is, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Yes, I did it. Kept a secret. Congratulations. I'm sure you will both raise a wonderful child with whom I will profoundly disagree on nearly everything. (laughs) Well, actually, uh, and this is crazy, but it's children, plural. We're having triplets. And uh, I'm a little freaked out about it. That's amazing. Babe, I'm so glad you didn't tell me. I'm incredible. (laughs) Okay, now listen to me, you two. Gail and I have kept everything our girls ever used. So we have like millions of clothes and strollers and just don't buy a thing, okay? A triple crib sounds like an interesting woodworking challenge. Would you like oak or pine? 
I'll make both and you can choose. <laughs> my boy, my friend Joe has the hookup at all the good preschools. Andy and I can babysit any time, except for on weekends and nights, but we're free any time during work hours. Mm -hmm. This is gonna be the happiest time <laughs> of your life! Yeah, I sold everything on the auction list, no thanks to you people. What's so wonderful that you're all celebrating while I do all the hard work? We're having triplets. <laughs> oh, great. First, my cousin Winona gets into a car accident the night my one-man show opens, and now this. Why are my accomplishments always overshadowed? Congratulations, I suppose. <laughs> All right. Fade to black? Fade to black. Oh, crazy Craig. Yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. I, I, it would have been interesting for him to be in the room when they said the news. Because yeah. everyone lost it. I wonder what Craig would have done. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But timing is everything, as they say. Yeah, right? it yeah. is. Yeah. Speaking of timing, let's uh, take a short break. We'll uh, compare our notes, get ready for our scores, and uh, we'll come right back. All right, let's do it, man. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. As you might have recently heard, Elsa Clack, owner of The Quiet Corn Bed and Breakfast, sadly passed away. And... While she will certainly be missed, as will her small army of cats, dolls, and German muffins, it is a well-known fact of life that nature abhors a vacuum, especially if that vacuum is filled with cats and dolls. To that end, the site of the former bed and breakfast has been redone, revamped, and replaced with something new, and, in my opinion, <clears throat> very exciting. So, without further ado, I will take this opportunity to introduce a workshop of my very own design named Would You Rather. <laughs> a daring combination of time-honored woodworking traditions and meticulous craftsman philosophy, this groundbreaking make-and-take workshop has something to offer all who are old enough to legally operate a bandsaw. Imagine, if you will, the following question. Would you rather have a beautiful eastern black oak art deco lamp with a dim underpowered bulb, or a hip and folksy spalted maple beauty that is so bright it helps you find lost items but only works half the time? What's that? A lamp that highlights lost items, you say? Hey, that's great. Now, let's go ahead and have you make a lamp. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I misheard you. You would rather have a dim lamp that you can barely see. Fascinating. Now, please get to work on your damn lamp. Regardless of your philosophical bent, before the workshop is over, you will have made a lamp. And, of course, I need to charge you copiously for bench time and materials. Daddy needs a new 15-horsepower-matic helical head planer joiner. It's a win-win, as they say in conflict resolution. When you come to your first workshop session, be sure to tell me I sent you and receive a 10% discount off a miter saw pocket jig of my own personal design, the Mighty Miter. All purchases are final. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all.
right, everybody, we're back. Hey, Mark, you know, uh, we did uh, last week with we that producer's cut and we had no deleted scenes. Yeah. Well, this week, you know, it's not a producer's cut, so tons of deleted scenes. You'd think so. There's one. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's very short. Well, it's in a weird way, it's uh, it's almost 90 seconds and it's one scene, but I would argue it could have been three scenes, three yeah. mini scenes. Because they're like three different things happen in it. Actually, you know what? I kind of liked it. I, I kind of did too. Because because yeah. it, it had to do with jam. It, we've we've heard little hints of that jam is going to be doing yes. this secessionist thing where That's she right. wants. And yeah, it's a throwaway. But, but it would have been like a little interesting. Yeah. Just in a very general overall sense, if they had yeah. given a little bit more weight to it. That's a good point. But maybe this wasn't the episode for it. Is where they ended up. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's another vector that they didn't need maybe right you know because again they already split the story into two vectors so well that's true and the other thing they did in the deleted scene is they kind of hit home uh hey you know what especially if jam's doing this stupid secessionist stuff we really need to raise money for the unity concert i I do think it could have worked for sure but i do but you know again it's like what do you remove to put this in especially time is a currency like what do you spend it on yeah that's a good point so uh, they could have definitely skipped craig's metallic blanket so but um whatever that was but i i think i agree with them taking it out because it it's it stands alone and doesn't hurt anything. Yeah. But I feel fair. like it could have lent to stuff. Yeah, that's true. And maybe not enough uh, footage on the floor for uh, yet another producer's cut. Yeah. Although we're about to have a big one mm. next week. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. How about uh, first tropes, fun facts, all that stuff? Did you have any of that stuff? How about that stuff? Yeah. I did. Um, we first learned that Leslie and Ben are having triplets. Yeah. That's a gimme. Um, we first learned that naming rights for the children's tent at the Unity concert will go to Councilman Freaking Jam, because yeah. that does come up again. That comes up again. Um, we are first introduced to Donna's Tammy, Joe. Joe. We learn Andy can keep a secret after all. Wow, he did an amazing job. I, I mean, he maybe he kept a secret in the past, but I want to say he he tends to not be able to do that no. so that's why i called this as a first no and he not. ruined two people's lives just at the in the cold open yeah <laughs> so, he sure did um good guy and they fainted he did faint yes <laughs> um i this is my opinion you tell me what you think yeah first time that we've had a ron donna storyline if it's not the first it's very very rare and it's been a while i in my notes later i say it's very rare I don't remember if it's the first or not. You may be right. But again, even if not, it's certainly the f- only one of this scope. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. there's some Donna Ron interaction in earlier seasons where he's still kind of the boss, even though when he's not the boss. But we haven't even seen that in a long time. Right. So it was right. really nice. Yeah. And then also something that I think is true, but I'm not 100% sure of the first episode where Tom wasn't in it. I got no Tom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's credited. He's in the credits. Right. As a season regular, of course. Right. But he uh, he was not in this. I think that's got to be the first one Tom wasn't part of. Because I think this would have... I would have remembered that. It, it. We've had other characters miss an episode. Certainly Andy. You know, he was written out for a bit. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. There was like one where Ron wasn't part of it that I was very distraught about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, you were. Oh. <laughs> um, but but in general, I mean, I think Amy and Aziz and maybe Aubrey Plaza mm-hmm. are definitely in all 124 episodes. Or, mm-hmm. well, credited in all 24, but not appearing on screen here. 
I, again, I don't know. I don't think it's, uh, I can't remember another time he wasn't there. Right. Yeah. Did I miss any first? I remember times I wished he wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, the only other one I had, let's see, you, you mentioned that one. I said, uh, Craig has some issues with blood. We kind of learned that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a throwaway. Uh, Ben's not a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just oh. that one down. So. <laughs> That's a good one. He loves letters from Cleo, but not the Red Hot Chili Peppers, apparently. Yep. You know what, Mark? I want to live in a world where I can like both of them. I do, too. Yeah. Can't so, we all just get along? Right. Exactly. Just can't we all just do some nitrous and get along? <laughs> yes. Herman would be up for it. Yep. Um, how about tropes? How about them tropes? I have punching bag Jerry. Yep. Jerry, Gary, Larry. Yes, sir. Punching bag Kyle. Got it. Uh, sweet, stupid Andy, big yeah, time. Yeah. I, I had one that I had from the last episode, which is ALL. Andy's loyal to Leslie. It, it's not precisely that, but I feel like it is because he's yeah. wanting to keep the secret. Not that he doesn't like Ben, but I think he's trying to keep the secret for, for Leslie. I'd agree with that. Um, alter egos. Yes. Johnny Karate. Yeah. Um, D.I.P. Dexart is a perv. Yeah, I didn't. I missed <laughs> and, that one. And, and a right. father with a lot of people. Yes. Um, Manic Ben. Yes. Craig is crazy. Yeah. Woodworking Ron. Yeah. I think we've said something to this. I think you actually did this before. Like Ron the father. Like in his new his new. <laughs> I role. feel like I have to like do the cross when you say Ron the father. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy. Yeah. Thank the Holy you. mustache. Yes. Um, the the whole mustache. See, now I'm going to do something even different on the cookie, but keep going. Yes. No, that's a good one. Like a mustache with a big cross behind it. Oh my God. I got to stop. Okay. It, it twirls up into the ends into little crosses. To a little, uh, with some mustache wax. A little thing where you have the candles, like the candelabra at the end. Yes. We, no, seriously, we have to stop. We, we must stop. This, the, we're not safe from lightning bolts coming no, down. No, no. The studio all right. is all metal. So, <laughs> so we said, uh, Ron the Father, uh, <laughs> uh, mugs to the camera. Yeah. Oh we had gosh, a, definitely yes. a few of those. Uh, fun with names. Definitely. A lot. Yeah. Um, Bra- one of the characters, like, is just a total. Bra- 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 bra. Yeah, I, I like. I st- I started tripping over the name just trying to say it. Yeah, it's like Barbara, but if you just scramble Barbara Broderick. Bra- bra- yes, that <laughs> this one. is horrible. Yeah, uh, lousy with lurpuses. Yes, sir. And I also said, you know how sometimes when we have a, a public forums or town halls, things of that nature, I yeah. sometimes will say crazy Ponians. Yeah, I said that too because yeah. it kind of felt like a town well, hall. Pearls in there, so yeah. he qualifies. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course, played by the great Mike Scully. That's right, Mike yes. Dana Scully. Yes, Mike Dana Scully. Yeah. yeah. Did I miss any? Um, I would say I had a couple extras. I had, uh, you know, we're continuing on the theme of the Unity concert, uh-huh. so I included that as a trope. Oh, that's I, a good I, one. I bet April's a scamp. Like, you know, she's just like <laughs> screwing with people. And, you know, and, and that's April. Like, that's the side of April we, we both love and uh, often get, a, you know, semi-annoyed by, but not here. Um, I had Leslie dreams big, like, you know, she's talking about doing a hologram duet with Sacagawea. Right. I mean, that's Leslie, right? Just kind of the big dream stuff. Right. Um, Pratt falls. Yes. Literally. That's a Perkins. great one. Yep. Um, Ron doesn't like relying on others. Yeah, I'd say that's true. I mean, yeah, I think that's a, that's been a thing for him. And, you know, the scene with Donna in particular, he asked for this <sighs> favor. You right. know, it's like he right. just doesn't want to do that. So. Right. Um, and I, I think I had, you know, overprepared Leslie triplets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice. Yeah. Very nice. That felt right to me. So um, how about goofs or fun facts, Mark? I didn't have either of those. I came up with a, a fun fact. And I believe... 
you know, world check me on this, you know, our thousands and thousands and thousands of viewers at home. Yeah. Nick Newport Elementary, the facade of that mm -hmm. is just the backside of the Pasadena courthouse. I am oh, like that's interesting. 99.97% sure on this one. You know, we took our trip down there to Mecca. Yeah. And I remember when I went there, I was looking for three things in particular. I was looking for the library, mm -hmm. which is there across the street. And it truly is where right. they shot that crosswalk scene. That was a real life, you know, scale of things. The courthouse, which they rarely pan up to see the dome of, which is an amazing building just architecturally. And then the the this they've this facade has served as an elementary school or some other thing before this episode. Because I remember being on the lookout for it. And they do, they have those planters all lined uh -huh. up down that sidewalk, but there's no public entrance into the building on that side. So Wow. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Very good fun yeah. fact. I like it when they're ours and not just the internet. Yeah, so me too. If that's not true, I totally made it up and it's still a fun fact. It's still worth it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, well, I think it's time for the scores then. It is time for the scoring. All right, let's break it down. All right, all right, Good all thing. right. Um, all right, so my co-MVPs for this episode are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt. All right. I liked the A story. I think that you and I had our A, B, and C stories kind of in, in, we in, 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 in the, in the same yeah. order, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. I like the A story um, better than the B and C stories. Okay. They were they were okay. I didn't think they were as good as the A story. For me, there's something satisfying about seeing Leslie come full circle. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and she has some perspective now, and she can now be the calm, confident one who is 100% sure that, that they will be okay. And not that we didn't have a few glimpses of the old... Leslie, like when she said hey, the fish in Dr. Saberstein's way, maybe we auctioned them or like when she was <laughs> pretending there's the diamond eye patch lady that's that's bidden on stuff. We saw glimpses of the old sure. Leslie, but I mean, she's still Leslie after all. Honestly, when you look at Leslie's track record, like even just her track record in season six, like finding a new best friend in Valentine's Day or determining yeah. Allison's future in prom. Yeah. Those. So what she did in this episode are pretty darn tame. Mm -hmm. I mean, and probably wouldn't even register on Ron's one through 10 Leslie Nope insanity scale. I don't think so. Certainly not, not by the end. No, 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 no. We've said it many times before. Adam Scott's brilliant yeah. as, as a straight man. And, and, and I think he's at his best when he's manic, yeah. whether due to alcohol or drugs or just good old fashioned panicking. The difference between him and Leslie, though, is he's... I think far more grounded than he is. And when he goes into crazy mode, it often pertains to things that are like more recognizable and relatable to us. And so yeah. even though he may be having a total meltdown, it doesn't seem quite as purely insane because no. you go, we get it. Like I kind of get it. Yeah. You know, triplets. I, <laughs> yeah. I also really, really love the ending. I've said in the past, I like scenes and plots where the whole gang kind of, pulls together sort of like the Pawnee version of the Avengers. Yeah. When Leslie and Ben reveal that they're having triplets, everyone offers very solid, substantial support, yeah, was nice. which was genuine and it was endearing. And, and Parks and Rec is a very, very funny show, but it's the humane part that provides the show's true strength and longevity. Well done. Well said. Um, the B story in many ways was strangely sweet. I thought with mm -hmm. Ron's stepkids clearly loving him and yep. Ron's goofy smile on multiple occasions when he would interact with him. And I suppose ultimately Donna giving Joe another chance, like trying to embrace a chance at happiness. I guess that's sweet. 
I will say, though, there's a few ways that the B story did not work for me as okay. well as it could have. First of all, Joe being Donna's Tammy. Okay. I kind of get it. Yeah. Like a, like a little bit. Yeah. And I think I see what they were going for. However, not to be a Parks and Rec nerd or anything, but comparing the, quote, angst that Joe has caused Donna to what Ron has gone through with Tammy 2, not, not to mention Tammy 1, yeah. is ridiculous and borderline stupid. I'll tell you what I stuck with there mm. that made anchor for me. I mean, clearly, I think they were setting us up for some comedy. Right. right. But the one way in which I believe it is true is she said it turns her into someone she doesn't recognize and doesn't like. And I think that is true for Ron when he's with Tammy and gets into her clutches. So in that way, I guess I so. kind of see it. But I, you're right. It was, it's a light hook. It could have been a much better one. Right. Yeah. Right. No. And that's a good that's a good counterpoint, too. But it just it didn't sit well with me for that I'm reason. With you. Secondly, while I am a self-admitted Ron fanboy, didn't know if you knew that, um, I love a good First Ron mentoring scene as much as anyone else. Yeah. But but for me, this felt like strangely forced. Mm -hmm. um, not that Donna is perfect and can't use mentoring. I'm not saying that. But Donna seems like on the whole to be rather mature and well-rounded. And it seemed strange that Donna would need Ron to point out the glaringly obvious. But that, but that may be unfair on my part. Like what may be obvious to one person may be not clear at all to another. And to be fair, I do love Keegan-Michael Key. Like he's yeah. good in just about anything he's in. And there was something satisfying about seeing his, I said it before, near Traeger-level Traeger perfection here. And like maybe he's what, what's necessary to tame Donna. Who knows? And you know what? That could actually explain if if my opinion on this is at all accurate, why they haven't had Ron Donna storylines, because maybe of all the Parks characters, yeah, she typically doesn't need a lot of mentoring. I think that's fair. I mean, it's just something to consider. Yeah, I like that. The C story. I'm I'm torn on this. Mm. Like it was okay, mm -hmm. and I have good things and bad things to say about it. Yeah. First of all, I mentioned in the last episode, flu season two, that it was nice to see continuing evidence that April and Andy, married, goofy, mm -hmm. goofy, loving couple that they are, are they're not two halves of an inseparable pair of people. Like yeah. they operate quite well on their own. Here, though, I think we get further evidence that they also operate quite well together. The chemistry between April and Andy has never been a problem for this show, for sure. Having said that, despite some parts of the sea story being very funny, it also felt very throwaway. Like mm -hmm. it, it feels, it feels strange to say that when at the same time I can say Aubrey Plaza and Chris Pratt, not to mention Jim O'Hare, they actually did a good job. Like they yeah. played their parts just fine. Like April's horror at having to be nice to Jerry and her glares at Andy when she's pursuing this secret and Andy <laughs> acting a little, like well, like Andy. Yeah, it provided some very funny moments. It did. <sighs> Unfortunately, it just didn't seem to be enough to carry a storyline, at least not for me. I mean, I laughed out loud at a few places for sure, and the story wasn't horrible. It was just kind of meh, and I, I just couldn't get excited by it, you know? Um, overall, I guess what I would say is it felt like there was something slightly off about this episode, and, and it's hard to pin down why that is. So to put it another way, Alan, I know... Several times you and I have talked about the differences between what we think of an episode like mechanically versus how the episode makes us feel. Yeah, right? I'm going to be talking about that too. And I think mechanically, it was pretty good. 
but I came away from it not rating it as high enjoyment-wise as I would have technical-wise. And I've listed some okay. reasons as to why maybe that's the case, but it may yeah. be one of the reasons there's no Tom. Yeah. Good God forbid. Who, yeah. who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, anyway, enough of my rambling. On to the crazy Mark rubric. Okay, here we go. Don't All get right. stuck. All right, I'm going to give this a 3.5 base score. I thought the A story was decent. B story was interesting, but C story was kind of throwaway. Like, not real strong there, but okay. Um, I'm going to give uh, an entire point for a great job by what I consider to be my episode co-MVPs, Amy Pollard's Leslie Nope, Adam Scott has been Wyatt. I'm going to give a half point for what I thought was a decent use of the comedic bench and, and a nice semi-even split of the scenes between the stories, which I can get was, to later. Okay, I was curious, yeah. Yeah, it, um, it was split like nine, nine and a half, seven, six and a half. I That's give the half because sometimes scenes are kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. applied to yeah, two yeah, stories. Sure. So it's like nine, seven, seven ish. That's that's a that ratio. Those ratios are more top heavy than usual. And if you combine A and B, especially against C. Right. Yeah. Right. Normally C and B add up to roughly a. equal A. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I actually kind of like that. So okay. anyway. Like I said, half point for the decent use of comedic bench, even though Tom wasn't there. Yep. Uh, but of the people left, nice spread. Of course, there's not a lot of people left. <laughs> um, uh, and, and and Craig was there, too. It's almost like they, they Craig stepped up a little bit to maybe fill in some of the yeah. Tom voids, if you will. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I consider to be a nice list of guest stars, including uh, the great Henry Winkler as Dr. Oh, Lou yes, Saperstein, yeah. um, uh, the great John Glazer as Councilman Jam, the great Billy Eichner as Craig Middlebrooks, uh, the wonderful Keegan Michael Key as Joe, um, Sexy Dexy, uh, Councilman Dexhart, played by Kevin Simons, uh, Cooper who's Thornton. Who's been on our show? That's right. Cooper Thornton, who's also been on our show, yeah. uh, played Dr. Harris, last appearance in that, this episode. It is his last appearance. This is his last Aww. appearance. Uh, so we'll, we'll miss you, buddy. Um, Andy Forrest as Punching Bag Kyle. Yeah. Uh, Richard Birch as the nitrous loving Herman Lurpus. Yeah. Um, Sidney Endicott as Madison. Whose whose last opinion appearance is not yet. It, I think it's going to be in the next episode. I think it's next episode. Yeah. Um, and then I had, of course, Mike Scully as Pearl. Yeah. And I did see what you were referring to. The the actress's name is Caroline Hall that yeah. plays Barbara. <laughs> Actually, that was you nailed that one. <laughs> really Based on what I'm reading, yes. Um, I'm going to give a half point for what I call the Manic Ben slash Calm Leslie combo. Yeah. It showcased Ben at his manic best, plus a satisfying change of pace for Leslie as she now plays the calm, confident one. It is, like you said, kind of a switch of how they usually it are. Is. You know, yeah. um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the April Andy Secrets combo. As much as the C story felt like a throwaway to me, I did think April and Andy were great together. I, I, I liked a lot of what they did and it is deserving of a half point. I'm going to give half point for what I call the Ron Joe combo. Keegan-Michael Key was brilliant as Joe, and I enjoyed seeing Ron interact with him uh, as well. I'm going to give a half point for what I call the auction combo. As I mentioned this earlier, this kind of sort of had the feel one might get from a public forum or town hall, mm -hmm. uh, complete with crazy Pawnee's trademark to liven things up. Maybe not as much as some have been in the past, but with people like Councilman Jeremy Jam and nitrous-loving Herman Lurpus and, <laughs> and, and, and Mike Scully's Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny and enjoyable for what it was. Um, I'm not going to give one more half point for the kicker. As I mentioned, I really, really like the end of this episode. And despite what complaints I may have had about certain parts, I think it ended strong. And I think it deserves a half point for that alone. 
So you add up all the crazy mark points and you come up with 8.0 Lil Sebastians, which I, I would say for me, if I had to split it between like technical or, or, or like what I thought of or how I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, how would you do that? Enjoyment wise, I'd probably give it a 7.5. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. Maybe I just didn't get good sleep the night before or whatever. <laughs> um, but I, my official score is going to be 8.0 Lil Sebastians. It did have some some decent moments. This was a big dip down for me, at least from the prior episode. I, I would have given this, like I said, a 7.5, I think, overall. But I think it benefits from something that earlier episodes couldn't do. It gets to build on what's already transpired in the past. Yeah. And it gives us some payoff moments. Now, I don't know whether like for payoff moments, the specific episode where it occurs should get the credit or whether the credit should be spread amongst all the episodes. That can be a matter for the experts to debate. But for now, I'll give this episode the credit, which at least partially explains why I bumped it up to an 8.0. All right. That's my review, Alan. Rock the scuba. I'm very intrigued by today because we're we're normally in sync and I'd say we kind of are here. But we we took different sides of the the, the, the tennis court today for some really reason. yeah so so here here's my breakdown so uh, my my co MVPs are Nick Offerman and Adam Scott okay like I just I could not ignore Adam Scott again he's on a yeah. roll and yeah to, to see his manic is the you know again it's it's that grounded in something that's real to us manic like you said I feel like it's it's more believable and less annoying than Leslie's manic especially yes. when it feels to come out of nowhere for her sometimes like as a plot device or, you know, just because we needed to draw some attention to her in that particular A story or whatever. Right. Um, here, I really did like her and her interaction with Adam Scott, you know, Amy Poehler's interaction with Adam Scott in the A story. Um, I'll talk about the end here in a minute, but I gave my co-MVP to Nick Offerman because I just, you know, I, maybe I played the, the man crush today, but like I just, every time he smiled and I felt like <laughs> It was like, you know, we were enjoying this version of Ron as Ron. It just spoke to me for some reason. So I just, yeah. I had to give that to Nick Offerman. It had been a while since I gave him any of the co-VP action, uh, co-MVP action. So I wanted to do that today. Um, I'll start off by saying, yay, Retta, and yay, Jim O'Hare. Um, this, I think, probably, and I, you get the math and the calculators out. The maths are hard, but I'm pretty sure this is the most screen time they've had collectively and together in the same episode. We've had some peaks for Donna and an occasional mini peak for Jerry. But this is like, if you just like look at their screen time, I bet it's the highest. Certainly their additive screen time together would be the highest. That may be true. Whenever I think about Jim O'Hare, I think about his standout episode as the one where he got mugged. Yeah. And like, so he was like front and center yeah. for a lot of the scenes. Yeah. Um, but additive, you may be right. Yeah. And so, and I just, I, I don't know. I, I really like the fact that we got to see him and I like that they were able to work him into the C story. Although I had similar issues with it, I think in general, um, I felt like this, the more risky thing they did here was, and I've kind of alluded to it in the buildup was, you know, I called it three and a half stories. Because they split the A story hard on the auction, and then of course the you know the the baby side of things, right. which which also tied into Andy and April's storyline. So it's almost like, is it four stories? They're kind of is mishing, it five? Them, yeah. yeah. So, and every time they do that, I think they're at risk of losing focus, mm -hmm. and they can create a scenario where it doesn't work well for them. All right. Now here's what I'll say though, um, that could have sunk this episode. 
uh, but it, it, I don't think it did, and I'll explain why in a minute. I think it did weaken the BNC story, though. That's mm. where we do agree, for sure. Um, I said, you know, so what do you do? So cutting Aziz out this week made room, uh, you know, for this to work a little bit better. Um, but, you know, the drawer was already pretty full in terms of content and then, you know, with storylines overlapping, plus a pretty big list of guest stars, mm -hmm. right? Which, you know, Dr. Harris had one line. Right. Right. So it just, you know, it was nice to see him, but was it worth it? Yeah. I don't know. Kind of felt like a waste. It was a waste. Of, yeah. And I was hoping for a better, you know, deleted scene for him or something like that. Right. Um, and I forgot that this is his last episode, and that's too bad. So, but Cooper was a great guest, so we really liked having him on the Absolutely. show. Absolutely, yeah. And he's very funny. He is Dr. a very Harris, funny so that's why I feel oh like my it, gosh, it yes. was kind of wasted that they only gave him one yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody could have almost delivered that line. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I said the other reason that this somehow worked for me, and they were able to pull it off, is because it, it was good writing and good directing, along with some endearing performances from the regulars. Um, I felt like there was an extra, you know, with the extra dose of Donna. And and Jerry's, I've already said, and, you know, a great list of guest appearances to ground us in the Pawneeus, that's it, easy for me to say, the Pawneeness of it all, right? <laughs> like, again, you've said this before, like, I think when you have these things, these recognizable landmarks, whether they're people or tropes mm -hmm. or places in Pawnee, they make it feel like it's part of this real place we've been before and we like coming back. It's like comfortable to. old sneakers. Yeah, comfortable old sneakers. And I think we got a little bit of that at the auction. I would agree with that. And um, maybe they could have worked a little of that in at the elementary school. That would have been interesting to see. I think that would have been an easy way for them to do it. They chose not to. Um, I said there's great interplay here between April and Andy. We haven't seen them together in a while. If you go back and look at the last three or four episodes, they've been broken up and, mm -hmm. you know, with other people. They've had their own storylines. Had their own storylines. Yeah. It was nice to see them on screen together again. Um, I was like you, though. I wish they could have done just a little more with it. Um, I, I did like seeing Donna paired with Ron. Now, I said, you know, you know, he, she was able to help break through his stoic veneer, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing that he, to your point, Donna being the most, I'm going to use the word, normal, responsible, professional person in the office. If you look at it, like across everyone, Tom gets distracted with his with with the pimp and and you I know, think she's stuff the least then, harmfully eccentric of them. All right, I like that. That's a good way to say it, I think. And I think, you know, for he takes her more seriously than he takes others. How's that? I would agree with that. So because yeah. of that, he, I think, was allowing himself to kind of break that veneer a little more with her than he would with other people. So I thought that was an interesting part of that dynamic. And then, you know, um, you know, he's not only not only do we get to see him see that he has come to terms with being a stepdad, that he really, really loves it. And you can mm. see it in his performance. And I thought Nick sold that. So that's why he's a co-MVP today. I think the other aspect that I would not disagree with you, but counterpoint for you on the Ron Donna thing is, yes, it's weird to see him mentor her, but she mentored him right back. And I think that is apropos for where Donna is, where other people are not. You know what I mean? I guess so. Andy's in no position to mentor any, anybody. Tom, maybe, but not yet. Leslie, sure, but, you know, we don't get to see them interact as much as we used to. I felt like if, if anybody could put something back in Ron's face, so to speak, not in a negative way, but in a good way here, Ron was the one most equipped to do it. And she did. 
I, I guess I would agree with that. Although I would say I don't think that what Donna did was mentoring Ron so much as just pointing something out. Like it's well, not what like is he, mentoring. It's not like he had a quandary and she helped him with it. I, I don't know. I could argue that she helped him see a version of himself that he's become that maybe he hasn't admitted yet. Well, I suppose. But That's I mean, what I meant by mentoring. Not that he's, not that she, and honestly, he wasn't teaching her too many big lessons either. I think he was basically saying, you know, look, I've been there, done this, and don't confuse drama with, you know, with something better than it is. I, I think, I think honestly, that's what, what shook me about what happened is not that I don't like Ron mentoring people and it was good advice, but Donna under most circumstances seems so grounded and well-rounded. I thought really like, well, she's for, clearly miss cash Joe. Like she's, he's not Tammy. It's not even in the same universe, <laughs> which is like why it made me go, are you for real? Right. And like you needed someone to go, you know, he's actually nice. And then she's like, huh, I guess he is. Which, you know, and maybe that's unfair. Like it's, some people have, for whatever reason, a weird take on others. No, you know what? I, I do see that. And I think that's maybe the more cynical version of what I saw in it, <laughs> which yeah. it's weird for us to tra- change those roles because normally I'd be the one saying that, not you. But I do agree with your point. Yeah. If, if there is going to be someone who, who could mentor him right back, whether she did or not, yeah. I agree with it's you. Her. I think it would be Donna. Well Last said. thing on Donna. I'll say I, I'm not one to tell her how to live her life either, but I do love the idea of her and I wrote this settling in, not down, mm-hmm. because I don't think Donna's ever going to settle down, nor should she. But I think her settling into something where, you know, she can find somebody to share her life with. I- I'm happy for her. I am, too. And I think Keegan-Michael Key is an amazing version uh, actor to put in that role as Joe. So I-, I do like that choice as well. Yeah. Finally, you know, triplets, right? right. Leslie and Ben, leave it to them to, to be the overachievers in fertility as well. You know, next to sexy Dexy anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> We love them. We love how much they love each other and support each other. And um, I can't wait to see them as parents. And what a good support system they have in their friends. They do. And that became clear at the end. Yes. You know what? I was so appreciative that when Jerry, Larry, Gary, Terry, soon to be in the next episode, um, put himself out there like, don't buy anything. They didn't have anything mean to say back to him. Shut up, Jerry. Yeah. They just took it because it was a nice thing he did. Yes. That left me feeling pretty good, actually. Yeah. That plus the whole ending, as you said, you know, kind of everybody coming together in support of them was nice. I did the inverse of what you did. I gave this an 8.5 on technical merit. I give it a nine on enjoyment. Mm. I actually like this episode. And I think at one point I was prepared not to, and I came out of it totally different. Hmm. So you obviously woke up on the grumpy side of the bed. Apparently I didn't, and I got more sleep than you. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know what else to explain. So what, here's what I heard you just say. Yeah. I've heard you give two scores, but I didn't hear you say which one is your official one. Oh, my official score is nine. Wow. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm just, we're, we're not on the same page totally on this one this so week, you and that's think, okay. So, so let me challenge you lightly. Sure. You, you think that this episode was as good as last week? No. You gave it in a nine. Um. Okay, so there's these things <laughs> called quarter points, which we're not allowed to give. I'm just giving okay. you a hard time. But in all seriousness, I think I am aware that there were flaws in this the structure of this. And again, I think just based on enjoyability, yeah, I will compare it to last week. Technically, okay. I would not. All right. 
Last week was a better technical show, and it deserved that score on all fronts. This week, it only deserved it, in my opinion, on enjoyment, which you clearly, again, came at it on a different day, different attitude, and that's okay. I think I think that maybe there were just one or two things that stuck in my head, and I couldn't get couldn't past, past them. and I don't know why. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I'm, I'm not, uh, not going to disagree with you there. Just, uh, I think, um, I, I, I'm aware, too, that I think it's like, you know, we're going to phone it. I, I hate to even say that. We're going to hold back a little this week because we've got this really big thing coming up, right? Well, that's true. And we know that. And they knew that. Their writers know that. The writer's room knows that. It's a huge episode. Right. They're closing out season six. So it makes sense for this one to maybe just have a little bit of a plateau or even a lull before we hit the you know, the big bang, so to speak, for next week. Right. I would agree with that. So. And I think that that's been traditionally what we've seen. If, like if we go back to some of our scores, that's yes. kind of how it feels. That's the, that's the shape of it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Well, speaking of what's up next, Mark, it is six, season six, episode 21 and 22, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving up parts one and part two. That's I think right. we should. I, I think... And I've seen it both ways listed in different directory listings about the show is one episode or two. And I think if you watch it in Peacock right now, it's in two parts. So it really just depends on what they, well, no, that's not true. Peacock is showing the producer's cut. I was wrong about that. It's a single episode for them. Now, as for IMDb and things like that, they show it as two episodes. I see. So you know what though? I think as a nice bookend, at least for us, like when when the when the season premiered, we we reviewed London, the two part London. We yes. reviewed it as one show. I'd kind of like us to do that for the finale. I, I think so, too. And I think we'll probably do it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard the brass wants us to do as well. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Fair enough. All right. I am looking forward to next week. I, I just want to say one last thing about this week. Yeah. And maybe I didn't hit this hard enough because I'm going to adjust my my score one last time. Um, okay. Well, go ahead. It was all about chemistry for me this week. And I really? felt like this week they had that. And that's why I gave it a nine. Hmm. Even without Tom, I felt like it was there. Well, you know what? I know you didn't expect this, uh, Sir Allen of the Round Table, but yeah. I'm going to take that segue to talk about uh, something else. Uh, because okay. uh, this is not my notes, by the way. Because I'm tired of hearing about you. This episode gets a nine, and like, okay, we get it. You know. Sure. Anyway, so th- this is actually something that that happened with with uh, my wife and I. We were we were watching recently the reboot of uh, the great sitcom Night Court. Oh, that yeah. was on in the 80s. Yeah. And it just recently, I mean, recently-ish, got rebooted. And I love the original series. And so, I was, you know, I was hoping this would bring back good memories. And it did not. Um, and it just seemed off. Like, the writing isn't as good. And the characters beyond John Larroquette, who is part yeah. of it still. Uh, and he, playing the same role he did before. As Dan Fielding. And yeah. he's he's genius. But yeah. they're not memorable at all. And mm. including the judge, who's supposed to be Harry Stone's daughter uh, from the original series, whatever. Interesting. Anyway, my wife made the comment that we could take the script from one of the episodes of the original series and have anyone perform it, and it would be better than what this reboot That's is. That's interesting. And yeah. so I'm thinking about that, and I partially agreed with her because, but I commented on how, like, for example, uh, Ron Swanson's yeah. dialogue, yeah. just on paper, could be very flat and sure. useless. Unless delivered by the beyond brilliant Nick Offerman, yeah. who has turned it into a meme and a trope. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, Boy, has he. Oh, my gosh. So then my wife declared, what if 
we take the cast of Parks and Rec. Yeah. Give them a script from one of the original Night Court episodes. And I thought about it. And I thought about it some more. I think that would be brilliant. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Because I, I do like the original Night Court. Yeah. And I think it was written pretty well. And these people could definitely do it. So I even like thought in my head, like all the characters. Yeah. And what H- the, how would you map them? So you got Judge Harold T. Stone, sure. which in the original series was played by the late Harry Anderson. Yes. Yeah. I put Adam Scott there. Sure. Would he do card tricks as well? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can totally see him to. doing it. Um, yeah. The, the court clerk, Mac Robinson, who is played by Charles Robinson. Oh, yeah. Um, I stick Rob Lowe in that in that because then you have the <laughs> Rob Lowe, Adam Scott kind of chemistry. I like that. There. Yeah. Um, for public defender, Christine Sullivan, who is played by Marky Post. Sure. Uh, Amy Poehler, Perky Blonde. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Done deal. Yeah. Um, a sister district attorney, Dan Fielding, played by the great John Larroquette. Yeah. Nick Offerman. Oh. <laughs> and, and again, just like, the, you know, then you have it on the opposite side. You yeah. have that chemistry, yeah. the Nick Offerman, Amy Poehler chemistry. That's so I think true. that works. Um, and then the, after that, it gets a little tricky because I know there's a list of bailiffs. Yeah. But you know how we had Bull Shannon uh, played by oh, sure. the, the great Richard yes. Lee, Richard Mulligan. Yes. Jim O'Hare. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Um, or Herman or Herman Lurpus. Maybe Herman say. Lurpus. I could see that. Um the 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 other another bailiff uh, Selma Hacker yeah uh, which was kind of like the sh- the short kind of old lady who, oh, yeah who like made a great contrast with yes. Bull being this giant guy yeah um who was played by Selma Diamond in the yeah. original series I could see that being I thought Aubrey Plaza but maybe Ethel Beavers I love Ethel Beavers in that role oh my yeah. gosh she would be great she would be great yep um, I- again also for the physical you know diversity of that scene yeah right yeah definitely. right right yeah um or it, it, well it, i'll say in addition uh at one point one of the bailiffs was uh was bailiff Roz russell who was played by marcia warfield uh, i think retta would be great as that oh yeah um so oh, anyway yeah, i forgot about her yeah yeah she would so what do you think i think that would be pretty funny i i'm like i'm intrigued by this idea and it's like playing out in my head and i'm almost immediately going now, if I had another sitcom, uh huh, Gilligan's Island. Oh, who would be what? Like, like, yeah. like Jim O'Hare would be the skipper. He, I mean, come on. Yeah. How do you not make yeah. him the skipper? Adam Scott could be Gilligan. Yes, he would. I mean, this you could do this all day long with hundreds of old shows. Oh and, my and gosh! Now I, I want to do that. I'd say uh, Aubrey Plaza would be Ginger. Maybe <laughs> Leslie would be Marianne. Oh my god! Amy Poehler. I mean. It, it, it boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. Uh, I think I'd say a Traeger as the as the professor. The professor, yeah. Or or Thurston Howe. I say Ron Swanson is Thurston Howe. <laughs> Wouldn't have been my first thought, but I like that one better actually. Yes. I think he could yes. do it. I think he could. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could, this could go for uh, a long time. This is like recasting. Yes. I think this exactly. is a thing we need to think about, Mark. Oh, I think yes. so. Yeah. We, we, we may have we stumbled have across some something. fun with this one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks for bringing that. I love that. And tell your wife, good thought, because uh, we know she's the smarter one in the house. And of course. It's, it's apparent now. I so. had no idea. Yeah. It was I fun. I love that idea. That's great. Well, that's fun stuff. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I think that about wraps us up for today. Yes. I appreciate everybody listening. As always, we we both do and would love it if you'd go out on Apple and uh, their podcast and rate and review us. Yep. We could definitely use your help with that. And um, we look forward to seeing you next time. 
All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. The couple, the couple end up warming hugly. <laughs> How do you do that? Oh my God. Better you than me this time, buddy. Let me retry that sentence. Sure. Good Lord and a half.